When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Welcome to the family with Hackmaster Ralph Kovash, MD. Alex Bernard Rasmussen. Hello. Catherine Brandt. Here you are. There I am. And Andy Brandt Bernard. <laughs> and. Bert. And Tim Lammers wearing purple, even though it looks like blue. No, it looks purple to me. To some of us. Well, you have a real computer. More. What is that song? <laughs> I have no idea what you're talking about. Something purple people eater. One-eyed, one-horned, flying purple people eater. Remember all those novelty songs? They don't exist anymore. I think we should bring them back. He did the monster match. They must have match. It was a graveyard smash. Such a great Halloween party song. Actually, Alex's children, Fawn and Sagey, did their first Halloween artwork. At the house two oh, days ago. Cool. Of the year. Cool. Of the year. Of the year. First of the year. Not first ever. It's no, the first. spooky season. Spooky it season. Is. I was looking at my uh, zombie flamingos. I was wondering when I can put them out. Yeah. <laughs> October <flamingos>. 1. October <laughs> 1 is what I declare. September <laughs> 1st is spooky season. Well, yeah. Is that a week from September Monday? 1st. September 1st would have been 18 days. No, ago. October 1st. I feel like yeah. we're pushing all I put out my Halloween decorations September 1st now. I mean, yeah. say pumpkin spice latte comes to Starbucks. It's fall in LA. Yeah. We yep. have one of our neighbors on our block turns on their Christmas lights all 365 days of the year. Yeah. <laughs> it's easier well, than taking them down. Christmas lights. They're just <laughs> lights. lights. They're just they're lights. lights. They're lights. What are you looking at? Are they in a variety of colors? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. What? <clears throat> Look like Christmas. Christmas. Catholic. They're Christmas lights to me. Are they misdone? No. Oh, I thought maybe for a minute they were, but they're not. Oh. It's like how it was laying. Sorry, oh. sorry. Got a straight. Ah. <laughs> I looked. Yeah, I looked my, at her weird. My grandson's uh, uh, taking a, a step into the Halloween season. His birthday is just before Halloween, and he's and he said for his birthday cake, she he wants a monster head on monster on the head. top of his cake. Nice. Some letters spelling his name, and a dead goat. <laughs> A dead goat. Oh, well, of course. He wants, he wants a dead goat. Wow, He's actually going to make that? It's, what kind of movies does uh, he watch? No, what? <laughs> no. They've been watching. So there's a, there's, a, there's a, a guy who does dioramas of scary things. It's called Jack-Jack Creator. And he, they, they've, they've watched that, and they watch him do these things. They all have these monster heads. But he wants a dead goat. Okay. On his, hmm. He I didn't say dismembered, just dead. I might have Johnny's a little. One of his favorite movies is with a talking goat, isn't it, Tom? Off yes. you. Remember that's what what's his name again? Sam Raimi. Sam Raimi. Yeah, there you go, Sam. Drag I, me to hell. That's what it is. I have right. a goat figurine you can borrow. Oh. 
And, uh, and who was Goat Boy on uh, Saturday Night Live? Jim uh, yeah. Brewer. Jim Brewer. Jim Brewer. Yep, yeah. There you go. Brewer, that's exactly that's right. right. There's no question about it. So, as we move forward in life, oh, by the way, Kristen Burt, I need to tell you, I was talking about this this morning. Catherine and I are on this new endeavor because that's the name of a show that we're watching. Oh. It's called Endeavor. It's a British show. There are 96, Catherine, did you know this? What? What? Of Endeavor. Yeah. There are 96 episodes. Wow. Which means for us to watch from beginning to the end, every episode is an hour and a half long. It'll be like watching 96 movies to get through this Until the end of time, you'll be watching. Jeez. That's a lot of content. It is a lot. Well, it's a master, it's a PBS masterpiece series. And so, you know, the photography's great. The music's great. Yeah. Hour and you half. should never give up on those shows, though, because I started Breaking Bad a long, long time ago. And then my youngest son wanted to start watching it. So, yes, we did finally complete all oh, five seasons. We watched it. the after the El Camino movie. And now we're on to Better Call Saul. So it, it takes me a while to catch up with everything. But 96 hours or however long <clears> you're <throat> saying doesn't seem that bad, Tom. We well, watched something new for once. What's that? What? We watched Elemental. Oh, that's a cute movie. Pixar movie. I saw that in theaters with the kids. Elemental. Did I see Very that cute. with the No, kids? you didn't. I doubt New it. on Disney Plus. Yep. Oh. It's on Disney yep. Plus. It wasn't bad. I liked it a lot. It was The it was um, plot had a lot of, like, it needed to be tightened up a little bit, I think. Oh, did it? Well, it's a kid's movie, like, so. Well, but I mean, like, even movies like, you know, Toy Story, it's like you, if I told you, like, what happened, you could storyboard it in your mind probably but elemental is like it's just it's very meandering and the important plot points end up not being really that important or they just kind of stop existing or yeah i was trying to describe to somebody that i knew wasn't going to see it and i was kind of like it's hard to say what happened yeah yeah it feels like multiple shorts with the same characters in those shorts stitched together into a movie well now i have to watch it it's not bad I would say it's, you know, medium tier in terms of Pixar or Disney or Disney Pixar or whoever the hell made it. Pixar lately is medium tier anyway. Absolutely. They need to sharpen things up again. It's like it takes the same place in my mind as the movie Soul. I liked Soul, but I don't remember anything about it. Oh, really? I loved Soul. Because it was just Uh, like, I don't know, it was, I don't know, nothing really special. Meh. It was their last big movie, too. I think they won... Uh, best animated feature for that, and I think that's been it for a while for them. It's been a while. Onward didn't make any big waves. Um, even though Kanto Onward was, was a good that. movie, and Kanto did well for them. Oh, and Kanto yeah. did really well. Kanto was awesome. Yes. And Kanto that's did years really ago well. now. Already. Is in Kanto though? Is that a Disney or a Pixar though? I think that might be a Disney. Is that Disney? I think that's Disney. Let's yeah. see here. Kind of blends in. It's like all, one I know. of the same it's now. Well, it's Disney point. Pixar, right? So it's like, is there really a difference? Well, well they Disney own animation. Pixar, but they're separate studios. And Kanto was Walt Disney Animation yeah. Studios. Yeah. Oh, what, and right. Walt Disney Pictures. Well, if that's the case, where are, where are the Pixar studios compared to the Disney studios? Disney studios are right on the river, on Riverside in Pixar Burbank. Pixar is in Emeryville. Emeryville. Pixar's north. Northern California. Let's see. List of Pixar movies. What is the most recent big Pixar movie? Uh, Because they've made like uh, Turning Red. People were like, meh on that. Mm -hmm. Luca was a good movie. 
The it logo was great. Oh, yeah. It didn't really get very like, like acclaimed, but I think it was a pretty good movie. I liked it. A lot. Yeah, but yeah, it's like too. Lightyear was a total bomb. That was a total bomb. Turning I didn't Red even was mag. Luca was good, but nobody really cared about it. Soul was okay. I think Onward Luca was good, but nobody cared about it. Oh, I loved Onward. Toy Story Four was all of them. by far the worst Not Toy good. Story movie. That's yeah. all, They're coming say. out with Toy Story 5, though. Don't oh worry. Oh, my God. Are they really? They're getting back together. They're getting the band back together after breaking They're getting them the up. band back together. Everyone's the coming back together. Studio, the studio that really originality was the key, and now they're repeating themselves. You know, now they can't even come up with oh, something. Oh, here we go. Their most recent really big movie, I would say, was probably Coco. Oh, yeah. That was huge. And that was 2017. I, I feel like Luca would have done better had it the timing. The timing was horrible. Same with Onward. Better And for honestly, them. Soul. All of those movies. It was like all during COVID well, stuff, right? Elemental, I don't think, is going to be one of those movies that, like, you know, Pixar is back kind of situation. Luca wasn't even in theaters, I don't think. It was direct to... I don't think it was. I don't think it was. A, that yeah, would have been a great movie in theaters. And they re-release it. They can do that. Yeah, well, no one's gonna after care, that though. it's like eh. like people would eh. people who saw it and liked it would probably go see it i'd go i'd take the kids to go see luca and well and like the theater by our house once a week has a kids movie that's just they just have mm-hmm. and they play mm-hmm. it that week in the evenings and on the weekends so you can just go see like shrek oh, okay oh in and a, stuff in, in a year they're coming out with inside out too <gasps> yay that could bring them that could be like a return to form because inside, inside out, out was probably was their incredible. best movie overall that's incredible it's an incredible movie and they're also coming yeah, out with his own pete doctor yes, baby yes, mm-hmm. yes. and they're also coming out with a movie called elio which oh yeah i've seen a trailer for that or like an early something about that maybe kid gets yeah. beamed up into yeah Alien times and and it, and they think that he's the leader of Earth. I saw that a trailer he's the ambassador for it. from yes. Earth, and a... it's all the ambassadors from all of the planets and all of the galaxies and the whole universe are in this big dome, and they're like, he gets sucked up, and they're like, you're not the leader of Earth, and he is like, no, and then they're like, okay, kill him, and then he's like, <laughs> no, yes I am, yes I am, yes I am, and then he has Just to pretend. <laughs> I saw I saw a trailer for it when I went to see Elemental. Oh, that's what happened. So his experience being uh, beamed up isn't like Cartman's? No. Okay. Cartman didn't get beamed up, right? Cartman. Oh, wait, no, yeah, he did. He and did get they beamed. Him back not, down. There's no he probing. Let's get rid of him. Yeah, he got a backside probe. Yeah, we went into a movie theater and saw a movie. and uh, I haven't done that in a while. Yeah, we, we kind of forgot. It's like, oh, yeah, these trailers are kind of useful to cut, get a feel Absolutely. of what, what's coming up. There's, what did you see? Uh, the Haunting of Venice. Oh yeah, what'd you think? Well, it's it's you know it's one of those Agatha Christie movies, which is mm-hmm. they're always good. Um, it was filmed as if you were talking to, or yeah. the characters were talking to you and explaining what's going on in the in the house in the palazzo. Um, so it was it was filmed and there was a lot of a <laughs> lot of uh, swooshy camera work, which I get a little <laughs> no. sick of, um, but. It was really good. Tina Fey was in it, and I'm not her biggest fan, but I thought she was really good in it. Yeah, she was. Even Tom said good. Yeah. (laughs) Even Tom said good. I'm not a fan of hers from Saturday Night Live, but I will say only murders in the building and this one. Um, Mean Girls. I like her a lot. Mean Girls. Girls. That's right. That's right. Yeah, she co-wrote that, too. Yeah. 
and stiffed me on an interview that for that movie. So I'm so stiffed me off. on an interview. So that's going to go let her well. know she owes you one because you got Mean Girls the Musical coming out next year. Oh, okay. Oh, if, well, and I guess she probably technically could do an interview if the strike is still going on, right? Because that's theater. She could do it from a filmmaker, either a writer, a writer point of view. Point of view, she could do it. Yeah. 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 That was, it was Haunting in Venice. I thought was good. I. I don't know. I think the, the first one is Murder on the Orient Express, probably yeah. my favorite. And I think um, Death on the Nile, because of the damaged goods, because of Army Hammer being in it. Right. I mean, that thing was just released very quietly and it died a, a quick death. But I, I thought it was a good movie. I did so, too. I, mean, I think yep. all three are terrific movies. Ken Branagh. I mean, you just can't go wrong with that. Well, you know, watching it on the big screen was a different experience. I mean, like, we have a pretty good media setup in our house, but um, those big shots of Venice on the big screen was really nice. I told Dan, I was like, we have to go see this in the theater before. Yeah, I would go see it in a theater if you can. Mm -hmm. We have got this really nice independent theater really close to us, and they've got fantastic seats with heat. My wife and two of my kids, we saw Haunting in Venice together. And yes, it is so cool now that we all had the heat on. Yeah. Yeah, the theater seat. Especially when you're just freezing. like a nap. <laughs> As a matter of fact, in just true. two weeks. In just two weeks, Michelle Mann's going to be in studio to do mm. uh, an interview about the... Uh, the movie theater business, the, that was the Edina Theater we went to. It was fantastic. It was a great experience. And I've known the Mann family for, God, all these years. And Michelle's become a great friend. And I, to get back into theater and see that, as Catherine said, the, those views of Venice on that gigantic screen, it was just beautiful. It was wonderful. Yeah. So did you see this one at the Edina Theater then? Mm-hmm. Yep. The yep. new man one, yeah. Now, don't they? Ha- I have yet to go to a screening. Well, they haven't had any screenings there. I don't know. Uh, if but they don't do. they have a, a a replication of the bar from yep. the Shining? Yes, they, they do. do. It's that phenomenal. It's really cool. cool. They did a great job. We went to the opening of that theater. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, there there was some. The city put money into it with the Man family because I don't know who owned it before. If it was always owned by the remember. city or what, but it it, it's always it's got the same four people that own the Uptown and the Uptown is gone now too. Okay, yeah, and it only has oh. four landmark, landmark theaters. Oh, landmark! There you yeah, go. It has four screens, um, but they really it's really nice because they're big big rooms with lots of room to spread out. Like even if you're in the recliner all the way. If somebody wants to get by you, you still have a foot of leg At least. Yeah. So nobody's jostling that. you. It's, yep. it's really comfortable. It's clean. It's fairly new. It's really a nice experience. Well, Tom, I thought you had an idea before. And Kristen, you're going to have to come to town for this. Yes. Post a screening of The Godfather for listeners. We got to. At the man, the new, not, yeah, the new man, Edina. Yes, we got to do. We'll talk that to Michelle when cool. she's here about that. That would be really cool. To watch The Godfather on the big screen again would be amazing. I, yeah. you know what? I only saw the third one with uh, Sofia Coppola's Oscar-winning performance. <laughs> <laughs> so good in uh, in the theater. Uh, you know, but it was great because it was with my dad, and and uh, obviously he introduced me to that picture. So to see that. You know, film with him was pretty special deal. But 
No, no, the other one's only on TV. So to see that on the big screen would be pretty amazing. What's so great about that for me is all five of the boys in my family got together and went to see that movie. Really? At the movie theaters. What, 71? Was that 1971? Good Lord. 71 or 72? 71 or 72, yeah, something movie. like that. It's been <laughs> yeah, around Yeah, they celebrated their 50th. Yeah, yeah, 72. But yeah, for, to have all five boys there, I think it's the only thing that all five boys ever did together in my entire life. Hmm. What? I, we never did things together, ever. You never played ball together. <laughs> well, Terry's 23 years older than Troy, so that'd be kind of yeah, hard. Yeah, it's a big yeah, age difference. Big, oh, that's true. I mean, what? Dan's oldest brother years. is 14 years older than him, I think. Can you imagine me and having a 13-year-old brother? They... Oh, God. Yeah. If I had a 13-year-old, I'd run away from home. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> run straight you away. You want to know the Catherine. terror of 13-year-olds. Watch, <laughs> you are so not invited to my bat mitzvah. Bat mitzvah, such a good movie. Is it? Oh, God. I, was, I, I, I uh, My friend Jordana Green, of course, you know her from yeah. CTO. Sure. <clears throat> and um, I said to her, because she's Jewish and she's just loved the movie, and... Um, I said, were we really that awful when we were 13? <laughs> My Pretty God, everyone kids, was. I yes. mean, they seem worse than we ever were. And maybe, again, it's just a matter of perspective as a parent now, but my God, they are holy terrors in this movie. So. Well, they're worse in different ways now because they have more tools at their social exposure. Media. Exactly. Uh, yeah. When we were kids, there was no social media. Too. Yeah, yeah. I think that is true. But, yes, I, I, I'm here to tell you, honestly, God, it had been a while since Catherine and I had been in a movie theater. Yeah. And it was such a great experience. And, again, I, you have these beautifully overstuffed chairs. You can turn on the cooling or the heat. You can put your feet up. People can still, there's plenty of room to get by you. even with your. And to see, again, that movie on a big screen, it was just, it was a, like the old days. I loved it. Yeah, some movies well, are better on a big screen. Yep. They just are. Another one that's set in Italy is Equalizer 3. <clears throat> so oh, is it? That. Yeah, it's a great movie, man. Is it? It's, a, it's just, yeah, it's Denzel at his finest. Denzel's Denzel good. Denzel's always at his finest. He is. He's really good. And, that did not and, make and, a dent in the box office, though. No, it did didn't not. Didn't it? Oh. No, it was released at a horrible time. I mean, September 1st. You got people, kids going back to school. Oh, yeah. On vacation. The summer, Labor Day weekend, the State Fair in our area. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it, I didn't get the release pattern of that one. It could have been, too, though, that Sony... Um, you know, as Kristen has pointed out before, too, they moved everything to 2024. And um, I, I don't know what the strategy was there. It, just, it didn't work. And, and uh, it's third place now, I think, this weekend. Actually, Venice opened just slightly behind The Nun 2. Um, but movies just don't do well in September. The Nun no. 2? What's that? It's a horror movie. Spooky season. Uh, so it's all the horror movies right now. Yeah, it's a Conjuring movie with all the other films tied in in some sort of way. We and, saw uh, we saw a psychological thriller thing. What was it? Inside yeah. with Remember you walked you left. You didn't like it. <laughs> no, I do <laughs> not left. remember. It. it was two and a half minutes and he's like I'm out. No. <laughs> it was oh my gosh, I can't think of anything. Any words. Um it was the guy was inside stealing art. It was inside the house and it shut down. It was a smart house and it shut oh, in. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. Yep. Who's in it? Tom. 
Help me out here. I only watched two minutes of it. You it's going to be tough. Uh, you watched a good 40 minutes of it before you said, eh, I'm going to bed. Who was the star of that? Oh, my God. I can't think of anything. I can't think of the name of Are it you either. sure you're not thinking of the Simpsons episode? No. The 2001 Space Odyssey? It's a new movie. <laughs> That's exactly it. He was locked inside mm. a... An art collector, oh, was, art critic's house. Uh, what's the actor's name? Again? I know, you, you I can't the actor. do it. <laughs> I can't oh, think of it. Oh, God. Well, oh, yeah, while yeah. you're thinking, one other recommendation on Netflix. <sighs> I really love this movie, and I don't know if you've seen it, Kristen. It's called Choose Love. It's an interactive rom-com. Where oh, you I haven't seen that one yet. Path. You choose the path for the woman who has three prospective uh, love interests and there are 16, because there's choices throughout the film. It's just not the choice of who she goes with. But there are choices that affect her path throughout the film. Because of that, there are 16 different endings, possible endings. And uh, the way we did it, my wife and my oldest daughter and I, we did it where we oh. saw the oh, three I different endings it. with each of the different guys. But it is a fun movie. To, you know, it's just different. I mean, it, right. if you watch it as a straight-up rom-com, it's like, God, I've seen this a thousand times. But when you can choose the path, it seems to... Yeah, it, it's fun that... Yeah, you get to pick the predictable ending <laughs> as so, opposed to it being fed to you. Michael Bryant, Brad, Sean. Bryant, what's the latest? Uh, we're just trying to represent people who have been injured through no fault of their own. We're trying to talk to them before they talk to an adjuster or before they take a settlement that isn't something they should get based upon their injuries. How many people are out there in different, not in the law business, that love to run around scaring people before you even get to them? Well, adjusters will want to settle cases right. and they want to close files. So based upon that, they do what they have to. Um, I think there's a lot of circumstances where they probably act as attorneys where they're not attorneys and they try yeah. to explain people's rights or they give them a certain view that if they look at it. And what I always say is this, if the adjuster really truly thinks the offer they made makes sense, they'd have them come see us. You know? And that's exactly my my question is, you have to understand who has the best, your best interest in mind, correct? Well, you want to know what your rights are. You know, whether yep. or not you decide yep. you're going to hire us or not, that's a choice. It's a free consultation, and you want to understand what your, all your rights are and what coverages you have. And plus the fact, I hang out with you, so you got to be a good guy <laughs> if I'm hanging out with you. Uh, maybe. <laughs> uh, okay. Ladies and gentlemen, Michael Bryant, Bradshaw, and Bryant. Tom here. For years, you've heard me talk about my friends at North American Banking Company. They have great online and mobile banking options, plus friendly employees who are always ready to help. And with their location in Maple Grove now open, it's even more convenient for me and my family. Go visit my friends at any one of their six Twin Cities locations or go online to nabankco.com to learn more. Why not bank with my banker? North American Banking Company, a better banking experience, member FDIC and equal housing lender. You all have helped build MyPillow into the incredible company it is today and have trusted in Mike Lindell to give you a great night's sleep. Mike's latest incredible deal is on the Giza Dream Sheets, which you've heard me rave about before, that's for sure. These sheets are made from the world's best cotton, Giza. They are ultra soft and breathable, yet extremely durable. Right now, the Giza Dream Sheets at its lowest price ever. These sheets are 60% off, coming in as low as $39.99 with promo code TOM. The so, movie you were thinking of is, in fact, called Inside. Ah. It's the Willem Dafoe. Willem yes. Dafoe. Willem yeah. Dafoe. Which is why I wanted to watch it, because yeah. he's usually terrific. He's usually uh, really remember good. that play in Brooklyn we saw with him? <laughs> <laughs> yeah? She blocked it out. Not so good. <laughs> What's this look? That was horrible. 
horrible. <laughs> He's usually yes. good in movies. It was horrendous. We all left and we were just like. What was the name of the play? Do I don't remember because it was so freaking bananas. Yeah. It didn't was make it a any, Brooklyn it was, Academy of Music? It was Willem Dafoe and then some other b- famous guy that I can't remember. Oh, it was terrible. Well, who I, it was, but it was oh it was many, gosh, many years ago. So bad. Yeah, when are we going to see more of that interactive kind of thing? You know, I can, I can see it creeping into most entertainment. I know it's in video games now. They have procedurally generated... Results from yeah. the oh, choices you make. Hundred percent happen with movies, and then movies. You know, when you enter AI, you could have a you could well, have a actually, thousand endings. They've actually had this going on on yeah. YouTube for many years with children's entertainment, okay. and it produces some of the weirdest, most uncanny stuff that you have ever seen in your life. Because what happens is they have these AI that are basically being fed like, okay, make a. Uh, make a video that teaches kids colors and then the rest of it is basically just randomly generated so it'll just pick a bunch of like random objects and then just fly them across the screen and say the word of the color and then that's basically the video and it'll produce hundreds or thousands of these in like a week so the entire channel is almost identical videos but you know this one time it's a bunch of different sharks in different colors and then the next time it might be a different bunch of different cows. No, I'm talking as you watch it. That your has, choices. As far as I know, not happened yet. Or that could even happen in books. You're, well, if you, if although, you're... actually, no. It has happened on Twitch. There are... Um, What's Twitch? Twitch is... It used to be a place to stream yourself, play video games, or watch yeah. people play video games. Now it's basically just streaming anything. But there's this uh, channel... Uh, I think it's called Nothing Forever, and it's basically procedurally gener- generated Seinfeld. So it's got the um, the sets and the characters in there, but all the dialogue is AI generated, and it's all spoken through text to speech. So it just lets them talk forever, and they'll just say whatever the AI thinks about saying. Yeah, but but can you control it? See, my point is, is that as you're reading your, so you have a book, you're reading your book. And it comes to the point where uh, Jane is supposed to go out with either Bill or Eddie. And you get to pick Bill or Eddie. She, you pick Eddie, well, it's a little bit different story, a little bit different ending. You pick Bill, different story, different ending. So you could have these forks within the movie, within the book, within anything that you're watching. It's so, kind of like a, yeah. like a Baldur's Gate video game kind of situation. That's all pre-scripted. The, the thing, yeah, but things you pick could be pre-scripted or should, probably would be at this point. Otherwise, you pick as the movie ends, how the movie ends. How did you watch that movie um, where you picked uh, how it would change? You have a remote. It's on Netflix, and you okay. have your remote control, okay. and it'll, it'll warn you before she needs to make a choice. And what's really amazing, and of course, with streaming and digital media, I mean, it, it's the transition. There, there isn't a transition. It is so smooth. When you make mm-hmm. that choice, she just goes right on to that choice. So, yeah, with a remote control. And, and again, there are so many different choices that it, it would be, uh, I think, if you just had, like I say, the one choice of her choosing between the three guys, that would be boring. But there are so many choices throughout the film that take you in different directions that's what makes it interesting. And that's why there are so many different endings. And, you know, I, I, again, we just, what, what, what's great about it at the very end, they can say, go back to when she makes the choice of the three uh-huh. guys. Yeah. And then from there you can pick 
and find and see different endings with each of the guys easy enough um but uh apart from that i mean i don't know how many times you would actually have to watch the film to see every single version of it yeah. hours upon hours i would say that yeah. and it's an hour and a half movie that's the other thing it's it's wow. a, it's a pretty simple uh, you know it's it's a, again stereotypical rom-com yeah. you know who's going to get into that market hallmark that makes sense yeah. make it more interesting because obviously rom-coms aren't playing on the big screen anymore i mean they're playing i mean but they don't make any money anymore I like the idea you of could do that with all their Christmas movies. They just exactly, announced their yeah. Christmas slate today for Hallmark. And I'm like, if they did that, that would they would keep people on their network for hours. And it's like the idea of in the middle of one of those stereotypical Hallmark movies. Do you think Jenny should learn the meaning of Christmas? If so, <laughs> press one. Yes, no, no. It's going to be, should she have her meet cute in a bookstore, mm-hmm, in exactly. a bakery, you're not gonna get, or in the coffee shop? You're not going to yeah. get the opportunity she, she, to have her decide that she, yeah, she's, actually, I hate Christmas and I'm leaving. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> but you think about it, you know, Netflix, obviously, and more and more of this stuff is coming to light with the strikes. But as far as uh, residuals, et cetera, but they do release once in a while. If something's a big hit like Cobra Kai or whatever, they will release the number of watch hours. So talk about an ingenious idea for an hour and a half film that you can spend Mm -hmm. conceivably hours on watching different endings well, that's, that's a, a smart way of going about it that's why i brought you up realize how many residuals you're not, not getting because exactly well, yeah. the, cost exactly. Of the cast of suits where you know over three billion minutes have been watched of that series on netflix all the suits actors are like we're not seeing that money nor is uh jesse pinkman uh, uh aaron paul he came out recently and said he has earned zero for breaking bad residuals from netflix what mm-hmm. Yeah, because it's not in his contract. It's about reruns on syndication, not on streaming, so they don't have to pay him. No, No, it's there in his contract. It's just that it's pennies on the dollar, and then by the time you get to it, Mm. you're making zero. You can have 1% of our profits after we've spent all the money. Mandy Moore made a penny from This Is Us, so she made one more cent than Aaron Paul. Yeah, it's in the Netflix contract. It's just just pennies. Uh. It's what it is. And, you know, Tom, we were talking about this on the morning show of just like you were saying, like, how great the SAG after benefits are. I'm like, Mm -hmm. they were for your generation, but they've been completely watered down as each generation follows because the union has made so many concessions to new technology, whether it was, you know, when YouTube and streaming happened, whether it was the networks, whether it was cable, DVD, all of these things, we've gotten to the point that we've just said, oh, it's new technology, you'll figure it out. But by the time you get to the next contract, you know, DVDs took off or cable TV took off or streaming networks took off and it's too late. The train already left the station and this is what's going to happen with AI if they don't nail that down with oh, this yeah. strike. So this th- strike is not going to be resolved anytime soon, is it? Well, the I don't think so. This with but this so this is a so the, the strike is a result of a huge failure or shortcoming of entertainment representation and the unions. That's pretty much what you've said. Correct. Yeah. yeah. Correct. Correct. And, and I will tell you that I'm in the broadcast part of the of SAG-AFTRA and I'm like, we're completely neglected. You know what I mean? We worry about the actors as we should. Um, but other sectors like dancers, stunt people, broadcast, um, 
voiceover actors get completely forgotten about. It's even worse when you get to other segments of SAG-AFTRA. And I didn't even know this, but a lot of people, because I did voiceover for 30 years until about, you know, 10 years ago or whatever. But the amount of money that we made in that business compared to what they make now is ridiculous. Well, you didn't have it so diluted with so many. That's the thing. We yeah, didn't. So much I mean, content that needs to be done. You got all the money. There. Yep. I, I, what, is the, what was the Tom Hanks movie again where, like, John, John Wayne appeared in it? John, John Wayne. Wayne? Yes. His image appeared in, this, in the movie. What the hell's the oh, name? Oh, you're probably thinking of Forrest Gump. Forrest Gump. Oh. That's exactly mm, what I'm looking at. Mm, okay. So I'm watching the movie, and all of a sudden there's John Wayne, and I went, this is not a good idea. The fact that they can project his image on the screen like he's actually in the movie, that scared the piss out of me. I'll never forget this. Like, <clears throat> well, what they did I, back then, yeah. the joke was that Forrest Gump was in a bunch of like famous moments right. in history. So right, he was like, exactly. He was there at like some JFK speech or right. whatever. I haven't seen that movie in a million years, but he was basically mm-hmm. he was like a, he was on set with John Wayne, and right. just no one ever talked about it. But I mean, that, well, did they ever get, does anyone know, did they ever get permission to use John Wayne's image? Or I have, did they they just must have, it? I would have to imagine. You have know. to from the estate. Yeah. yeah. You do, okay. Yeah, and that was a union film. There's no way they would get away with that without no, a major true. legal fight. But wouldn't, I mean, you know, the fact that studios do own the likeness rights, don't they? I mean, to the character? If it's a character, so that's, so that's Wayne, a thing. It's what, a character. Yeah, was yeah. it John Wayne or was it one of the characters John Wayne was playing? Oh, that's, that's another point. That's another uh, legal muddiness. It's a mess. It is such a mess. Now, are the writers going to get any closer with their meeting tomorrow, Kristen? Uh, there is some hope because sorry, <laughs> oh, the cat's having cat a good. The cat's tell. having a good time. <laughs> <in my face. laughs> London, what are you doing? <laughs> This is London. London loves to shove cat butt in my face. All <laughs> cats do. I don't know why. It's kind of a cat thing. There you go. She just thinks she's beautiful. Oh, the good so news pretty. is that um, this negotiation was called by the AMPTP, which means that the last negotiation that they had a few weeks ago was um, <laughs> was on the, the writer's side. They said, this is our presentation. This is what we want. Do you want it or not? AMPTP walked away. They've come back to the table. And I do think that at least the start of the fall television season, which officially starts on Monday, the 25th, Mm, they're starting to get a little bit nervous. We just, I mean, nobody wants to watch a bunch of game shows all fall. We don't need to watch a bunch of reality shows. And I think that they're starting to realize like, hey, we've got to start making at least some momentum because honestly, PR is not on their side. If you talk to a majority of like average people that don't even like know much about the unions, they're not for the studios at this point. They're like, just pay them and let's get back to it. I want my favorite show to come back. And they know it's the studios holding it up at this point. Well, one show that's coming back to ABC after years of being on ESPN is Monday Night Football. I saw that. It's coming back to ABC. So, I mean, to me, that is a brilliant move. Who are they going to get to do it? Well, the, the, right now the ESPN has it, which is the you know ABC company. No, no, I mean going uh, to that for years. So you know, you I think it's um, what the hell is it? the Dallas uh, Troy Aikman and uh, Joe Buck are the guys. Uh, that are hey, boring. Just, just use play. AI and get Howard Cosell. Get Howard back. Howard, Howard Cosell. Cosell back. Think about that though. That is completely 
within the realm of reason now, isn't it? Oh. Well, it's interesting, though, because the, what ABC did, they had a huge hole from 8 to 10, especially because they moved Dancing with the Stars to Tuesday, which has never been on a Tuesday, because they had a hole on Tuesday that they needed to fill, oh, and they moved sure. all of their Bachelor stuff to Thursday. They were just trying to move things around to fill it in. They were going to air, it, it was three Monday Night Football uh, that were going to concurrently air on ESPN and ABC, but because of that gigantic hole, that's when they moved uh, Monday Night Football permanently over to ABC this fall. Oh, because they're okay. like, we've got nothing. We uh, literally have nothing. And the only way they could fill in those holes was to move Dancing with the Stars completely, move Bachelor completely, and make the way for um, Monday Night Football. Well, I thought I thought <clears throat> Dancing with the Stars was moved to Disney Plus. Am I wrong? Or who? What, I thought didn't they do something like that? So the show is not yet. So last year they moved the show exclusively to Disney Plus because it's not profitable for ABC. But because they had nothing going on in their fall schedule, they moved it back to ABC and it will be airing concurrently on Disney Plus and ABC um, because they're just desperate for that type of content at this point. They're going to lose their shorts on Tuesday nights uh, with Dancing with the Stars because... It just doesn't make that same amount of money in terms of advertising dollars that it mm. used to. I suppose not. All right, as long as we're talking about Monday Night Football, what was the notorious line said by Howard Cosell when a player scored a running touchdown? Down goes Frazier. Nope. The, he they, almost got fired for it. They sure it, can oh, run. Oh, look <clears throat> at that little blank run. He said, look at that little monkey run. Oh, my. <sighs> It's like, Howard, why would you say that? Even then, even then, even in that context, it was, yeah, that was hard. Jimmy the Greek got fired for something similar, didn't he? Yeah, he did. Yeah. He said they have no buoyancy. Black people have no buoyancy. Okay. I'm like, what? I'm going to change the subject. It's time to change the subject. Two things. The play was called The Old Woman. Oh, right. And it had Mikhail Baryshnikov in it as well. Right. And I, I, love I do too, but listen to the, if I just read the New York Times description of the play, I think you'll kind of understand. Yeah. What was that play you saw with Willem Dafoe? <coughs> Willem Dafoe okay. and Mikhael yeah, Bershaw. It was in, oh, I should show you in the and, Brooklyn and, and who played the Art old woman? There was a, William Defoe or? nobody really. There oh, was, she no. was a dead body yeah. at the oh, beginning. Oh, okay. okay. This is, oh shoot. Okay. If I can like, where's the camera? Can you even see it? No, it's too. Yeah, it's too blurry. It's like the picture that is in the New York Times. There's a bunch of there's sausage links coming from the ceiling, <laughs> and Willem okay. and Mikhail are sitting at a table. Their faces are painted completely white, and then they both have hair that's like sticking out straight sideways, but it's like swooshed, swooshed straight. It's a whole thing. Very flock of seagulls. But Yes, okay, so the a 100-minute fugue-like riff on a short story by the avant-garde Soviet writer, the old woman strips comedy down to its sharp jutting bones and asks its stars to reconfigure them bones into a parade of multi-jointed skeletons I'm out. who insist... <laughs> Insist that what makes you actually pay for it, Catherine. Yeah. yeah. Well, why you know, did we go to this? Was this a Michael who, thing? Who insists? Yes, it was. Who yes, insists was. that what makes us laugh hardest is what scares us? This you know, sounds it's like amazing. someone making fun of bad art. Yes. There was nothing funny. I just remember Willem Dafoe standing there for I think ten straight minutes of the play, on and off, going ah, ah. 
You know oh what? God, he likes that kind of stuff. <laughs> he likes no. that kind of stuff. He, he likes that experimental. Oh, he is very weird. like all oh, the themes that it blah blah blah. I'm like, yeah. okay. It was yeah, well, weird even as hell. even this movie inside, it's just him. The entire movie. It's like oh. The Martian, but he's not in Mars. No, he's, he's inside. He's, a, no. Oh, he's, he's inside. He's trapped inside, and he has to he has to survive. Yes. And he's trapped he inside of of, a, of oh, this the, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Is it mansion. like, dude, where's my car? Where at the end he realizes he has his keys in his pocket the whole he's time. Like, no, it, it was. Oh, the front door's been open. It was yeah. very well. Oh, I forgot Defoe. to check. I think he really <laughs> likes experimental avant-garde yes, stuff. Yes, and then did critics like this? The theater critics. I'm sure they loved this. The kind of thing that they. It was Love. like a total just. Well, it's the kind of thing where they're to... not smart enough to realize that it's crap. So they, <laughs> so they say that it's good <laughs> and because they think it makes them feel smart. They slept through the whole thing and then or that. Like, great review. Uh, yeah. And then the, this... the interesting thing about theater critics, though, they wield a tremendous amount of power. I don't know oh, how. Totally. They oh, really yeah. do. If, Whereas yeah. movie critics, who gives a rat's ass? Yeah, movie and game critics are both have like no power anymore. Audiences. But theater critics, man, they could make or break your play. Oh, a lot about you theater people. Think a musical. Yes, they absolutely. Can think your ten million dollar musical in a heartbeat. Yeah. Yeah, the new tactic for moviegoers is to look on something like Rotten Tomatoes. Right. If it has a high audience score and a low critic score, that means it's good. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Critics like bad things. A lot of of popular critics have sort of an agenda. Absolutely. Or an axe to grind. That's the thing. Yep. Yeah, things. And, and they want to just... sound smart. Yeah, yeah. Yes. want to make you thing. think that they're smarter than you. If are. They can understand it, but you cannot. Mm-hmm. Yep, exactly. Well, and also, you go to theater for different reasons than you would necessarily go to a movie. True. This is true. You know, like, like for example, I go to theater if um, I'm under the threat of death. <laughs> <laughs> or I just saw. Mom, huh? I just saw the importance well, if I'm of having a psychotic break on Thursday. I just kind of lost my interest in so many things because it was just all the same. Yeah. You, go and they would adapt it or, to become yep. a social yeah, yeah. there is exper- the, you know yeah. spo- social yeah. expression it, oh my gosh like I'm so sick of it didn't we see paint your wagon and they just changed the it was story. terrible it was so terrible paint wagon. It was so Gonna boring this leads into my next topic okay you got a topic the changing of things <laughs> um, stop the presses stop the presses <laughs> the, they're doing the live action of snow white yeah. and there's all this drama because the gal that's playing Snow White, Rachel Zegler is her name, said that they're kind of like de-romanticizing it a little bit. They're not making it so much about like the prince rescuing her. No prince, no dwarves, and Snow White isn't white. She's not. Mm. No, there's dwarves. There's a guy on the thing that's grumpy. Oh, there's one dwarf. Okay. Last I heard, it's Snow White and the yes. Seven Diversity Hires. Yeah. Yeah. They're They're changing a lot of a lot of things, but I feel Love bad it. for her because she just said that, she, I mean, she made a offhand comment about the prince being a stalker. Yeah. Because he's like, a little bit. Um, and then she... In the new one or the old one? The, the old, old one. one. Oh. The classic tale. Yeah. yeah. And then Stalk. the strike happened, and now she's not allowed to talk about it anymore, so she can't, like, defend herself. Well, every time herself, she talked about it, she... Cut off another hundred million dollars from that box office. So. They... Let's, let's get started on Rachel yes. first of all. Yes. Rachel steps into it every other month. Mm-hmm. So this is not a new. She's an outspoken yeah. young woman. She has no fear. And then people, she gets attacks every single time. And usually she means like this and it gets blown up to this yeah. all the time. 
So this is like not a new thing. And they're modernizing fairy tales. They did the same with The Little Mermaid and people freaked out and it was fine. But the thing with this that started this wasn't necessarily, well, the Rachel stuff they dug up because that's a year old that she well, said the, all It was 23 last year. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. Um, it was the picture that was released which was actually of extras, which apparently they were still filming with extras after the strike started, or stand-ins, not extras, stand-ins. And it was a picture literally of a diversified group of seven people because after Peter Dinklage said, yeah, that's we're who it is. going backward because we're casting seven dwarves, um, Disney listened, they have one dwarf, and then literally it's, you know, uh, uh, there's one woman of color in it. There are people are black, they're white, they're tall. They're not dwarves. So now they're uh, deemed the seven magical creatures. I was, oh, yeah, God. replaces dwarves and with magical the creatures. Seven dwarves. See, if I was Disney, I would have found a bunch of people with acromegaly and gone the exact opposite <laughs> route. Well, Snow, the thing that Peter Snow Dinklage White and the seven giants. The seven giants. So baby. Peter Dinklage, how did he did he criticize the fact they did not use dwarves? No, or did he, not use no, middle no, people. He didn't want them he to use dwarves. He said that they shouldn't mm -hmm. cast dwarves. He now did, think about yeah. all the dwarf actors apart from Peter Dinklage. That yep. aren't as he is without he just, question the best known dwarf yeah. actor. He's a great actor. Yeah, and, but he and just cast dwarves roles. He's a little. But what he effectively was doing was putting out. All these other dwarf actors, all of a sudden, yep. they don't have that opportunity. Yep. It's well, stupid. Here's the thing. You are not supposed to say dwarves is not a politically correct word. They have dwarfism. You are not supposed to call them dwarves. But they're it sounds so whimsical. You're not they're, supposed to call them midgets. They're little people. They're like, not supposed to call them midgets. They call them wee ones. I think ones. you can use the word dwarf because that's the condition they have. They have dwarfism. They have a You can use the word dwarfism, but not, not refer dwarf. to them as a dwarf. That would be like okay. saying somebody that's... Autistic, like, oh, you're an autistic yeah. kind of thing. Like, saying that, like, oh, you have autism. Oh, you're an autistic. Can I call them achondroplasiarinos? Ooh, that's a good title. I don't think so. <laughs> I don't know that anyone would get it. Why not? So, um, right now, it's shaping up to be a disaster because, is, again, everybody is be a... jumping on the Rachel Zegler deal with all of her comments. And, you know, you take a snippet and 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 again, she called the prince a stalker, and people, the fans of the original, and there are a lot of them, are I think rightly so pissed off because you really look at that original animated film and think that that guy is a stalker. No, well, not no. to mention just the fact that they keep doing this, remaking, modernizing yeah. fairy tales. Well, it just yeah, speaks to the creative like, bankruptcy. The reason, but the reason yeah. why they're doing this is because college campuses started having, in women's studies. They used to watch Disney movies and then pick it apart for misogyny. Too bad. I don't care. I know, but I mean, if you watch anything, you can make a case for anything, anything. Yes. that you want to. Disney was getting blasted. I took a woman's studies class and it was a game changer for me. So I, I think it's just on how it's taught and I how minored it's in women's studies. So I, yeah, I love know, it. I get it. I'm, I bet, and it's true. There is a lot. There has been, especially in the 70s. Misogyny in movies was 
ridiculous. It was, yeah. yeah. I mean, the love boat. Go and watch the love boat. It will make you cringe. Yeah. There's a lot of things. We watch something old and we're just like, oh my God, this is so ridiculous. No, I, I, I understand that. What people are missing is you learn from the past. We move forward. Yeah. And it's know? also the past. But you, you These don't things have, came out before yeah. I was born. Why should they affect me? You don't have to burn everything down and start all over mm-hmm. again. You can you can make adjustments and make it contemporary without burning it down is all I'm saying. Yeah. Speaking of but burning it down. I also think we should see the movie before yes. or at least, you know, sure. get more context because yeah. we're seeing set visits or, you know, set shots. We're seeing, you know, Rachel Zellweger run her mouth again. Um, my friend is where I worked on the on the show on the movie and, you know, she's excited about it. So it's it's one of those things. I'm like, I don't know. Let people create art and then judge. Yeah. You need to know a guy for your auto repairs, legal issues, banking and more. The same goes for investment advice. You need a guy to help you be successful. Someone you can trust who gets results. Well, I got a guy for you, Josh Arnold. Josh gives you straight talk, not sugar-coated advice about your financial situation. Josh has seen it all when it comes to economic and market conditions, and Josh can make sure that your retirement objectives match your investments. Do yourself a favor and call Josh now for a no-obligation, 48-minute evaluation. You've got nothing to lose, and you'll get a different point of view for your investments. Call Josh at 952-925-5608. That is 952-925-5608. You'll be glad that you did. And tell him his, his guy, Tom, sent you. Investment services offered by Josh Arnold Investment Consultant, LLC, a security investment advisor. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. All investments involve risk. All comments and opinions are Josh Arnold's and do not constitute investment advice. Tom Bernard is a paid endorser. I'm Bradley Trainer, And I'm Don McClain. We have a podcast called Blinded by the Item. A blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out. It's a guessing game and you can play along. The item might be like, this A-list star carries a Birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out. Pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. Because I mean, Speaking like, of, when they... I'm sorry, go ahead. Oh, sorry. When they redid Mulan, that kind of bothered me, which... Mm. The, because the they Mulan gave... remake wasn't even really a remake of the same movie. It was like a like reimagining the of the, the yes. original Chinese tale. Because originally the... it was a Chinese tale from like hundreds or thousands of years ago. Yeah. They didn't really remake Mulan the movie. They made a movie about the Chinese tale Mulan. Yeah. and that's Because mm. it the... had almost nothing to do with the animated film. Other than like the girl doesn't fit in. And, and that was the original tale, a though. Because the movie be didn't... The the movie didn't invent that. The movie was, yeah. was like, you know, yeah. well, that's like, and all that. Well, that's yeah. like Frozen is an old Norse story. Oh, it has the, nothing to do with the old Norse story. The Snow Norse Queen. Story. It's like they just made their own. Anyway, but the thing about Mulan, though, is like that was the one Disney princess that you're like, she is just strong and independent and she does it all on her own. And in the, the live action film, they give her superpowers. That's because it's a um, it's a wuxia film. Which that's like yeah, expected I mean, in China. But like, if you're remaking the Disney, it's like the whole point of the Disney live actions is we're making, we're remaking the Disney ones, and it's Disney that's making them. Yeah, but like I said, but they I, weren't really reimagining. The I think that's but a better yeah, word yeah, for it. Yeah, true. Yeah. But then mm-hmm. it's hard because then it's like you know, 
Lion King was pretty much exactly the same thing. Shot by shot. Lion King was almost too similar, yeah. They added, and like, it was, a coloring it was. song. It was literally Boy. the same film. And the funny thing is they call it live action. And unlike The Jungle Book, which actually had an actor. Mowgli, yeah. Yeah. Right? And see, that oh, yeah. was really Lion similar. King was, could have been considered an animated. It was a digitally animated film all of a sudden, as yeah. opposed to the hand-drawn original. But it was the same movie and i think that that's i think that that's the hard part for because it's like lion king's very much the same jungle book was very very similar cinderella super super close beauty and the beast almost exactly the same and then all of a sudden there are other ones where it's like another trying way too hard it's like are you yeah like are you doing the same thing or are you reimagining you gotta kind of but let's call it what it really is it is a way to sell merchandise to yep. your kids sure that is. next generation yes. coming up yes that's mm-hmm. true all roads Accurate. lead to a gift shop if you go to disney yeah, yeah. They sure do. you know it's funny that disney doesn't open gift shops in every theater on yeah. the way out Exit i know they the should shop. well they right used here. to have gift shop didn't they have, used to have a gift shop to the mall of america They've had. Yeah, they had a Disney oh, store. Disney stores. Stores. Yeah, but they're showing them yeah. down now. It's, the Disney yeah, store hasn't been open down. for a couple of years. Yeah, they're gone. Yeah, yeah the only one that's pandemic. left, I think, is the Orlando airport. They're still. That would make sense. Yeah. Yeah. Now, Which, one yeah. question I wanted to ask Kristen: the uh, feeling uh, on the ground in L.A. Uh, maybe there's been whispering about Russell Brand <laughs> for years. What's going oh, no, on? What's happening? Because this guy's uh, got an accusation. Oh, he's nuts. Yeah, I mean, that's everyone knew. I mean, I think that if anybody watched Katy Perry's documentary of how he broke up with her, I mean, they were married at the time. So he asked for a divorce moments before she's about to go on stage via text. Yeah. And then she's just devastated. That should give you. Hey, babe, want a divorce? Good show. What are you looking at me for? What are you looking at me when you say that? What an asshole thing to do. Yeah. I know. I don't think you need any more information from me that he's not a great guy or doesn't have a lot of character. But um, there was a docuseries on comedians that came out this weekend in the UK that talked about Russell allegations of Russell Brand uh, sexually assaulting women and having a long history with it. And I think what's very compelling about these stories, because people are always like, well, who can prove it? You know, it's, it's you know, them versus her and everything else. Um, I think that the really big deal is that um, there's a, quite a bit of evidence. And I think that that's something that really made a difference. Well, the, the big question here is, and it, and it, it always is, when, when these allegations surfaced years and years later, um, and it just so happens to come at a time, and believe me, I'm not defending Russell Brand. But this is his his stance right now. He is essentially his his whole thought process changed during the pandemic where he started calling things into question. And I guess you could almost consider him a conservative commentator now. So now he is claiming that, hey, because I'm not, you know, walking the walk and talking the talk on this side of the aisle because I'm on the other side. Isn't it interesting now that they're coming after me? That's well, kind of the this defense is a, this is a, right now. Yeah, this is a three-year-old thing that happened that's just coming to light I now. Think, I think it's farther back than that. Farther back well, than what's, that. What's, yeah, a lot of them go back over a decade. I, I want to say something. He called it a coordinated media attack, and this has become a kind of like 
tagline for men and their bad behavior, um, saying that there's coordinated media attacks. And I can tell you, I, I can't speak for political news, but entertainment journalism, we are not all getting together. I work for Penske Media, which is probably what the biggest <laughs> entertainment conglomerate now with Hollywood Reporter and, and Variety and everything else. It is unbelievable. We are not all getting together, all of the, the brands, and going, let's all attack Russell uh, Russell Brand. It's not happening. So maybe it's happening on the political side, but to at least acknowledge that maybe he had relationships with these women and maybe they didn't see it the same way, maybe that would be a good place to start instead of thinking that people are out to attack him because that's not it. Yeah, well, he's the sort of guy that would go after other media organizations. So that's where he gets his whole, his whole well, the, the media is coming after me now. And they're, they're all ganging but, up. And but it's Kristen, the British media, though. That's the interesting thing. This all originated with the British media, didn't it? It, it sure did. And and they're not, you know, their, their journalism is different. And we're not even talking about the tabloids that went after him. It was, you know, genuine research vetted type of journalism here, the, the stuff that we all appreciate, you know, and um, I, I will tell you that uh, some of these women have texts from him acknowledging that um, he quite possibly had sex with them against their will, that it was not consensual. I mean, if you read the texts and then he keeps on coming back going, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry I did this to you. Can you forgive me? Oh. It, it's not language of someone who's like, oh, no, you wanted it. Like, oh, no, you said yes or anything else like that. This was a clear dialogue of him understanding that this woman felt violated in some capacity. Well, you know, what's interesting, though. I talked about Army Hammer earlier being in Death on the Nile and how that basically sunk that film. Uh, the House of Hammer is a three part docu-series. I'm trying to think where a discovery, I think. You should really watch it because what they do is they reveal all these lurid texts, these awful things that he said to these women and actually voicemails, et cetera, et cetera. And guess what? He got, they dismissed all the charges. They did? They did. It is so hard to prove sexual assault. And the fact that this is kind of very contemporary and a timely story with Danny Masterson, the fact that Danny Masterson mm. was convicted on two rapes uh, and on rapes that happened almost 20, I think 20 years ago, I think it was yeah. 2003, yep. um, is astonishing um, because first of all, you have to get the women to come forward. You have to get police to think that there's a case, the evidence, you have to get people to believe you. It is so hard to prove. And so the fact that Danny Masterson even happened I mean, that's the thing. Army Hammer, like, they do bring it forward. They go to the police, and their cops are like, mm, hands are tied, can't do it. Not enough evidence. Yeah, I was shocked to hear that eventually all the charges were dropped. Didn't even go to trial. No, and there's one, one of um, Annie, Army Hammer's um, survivors, she and I follow each other on Instagram. I had done a story um, about it, and, you know, I've seen, because a lot of her stuff is privatized, but I've seen like a lot of the messages, a lot of the emails, the texts that she'll sometimes put up in her Instagram story. They are horrific. <sighs> what went on behind closed doors between Army Hammer and several of his victims is astonishing. It's gross. Nobody, no one would ever want a friend of theirs, an enemy of theirs to go through something like that. Yeah, uh, yeah. House of Hammer, see it if you get a chance. And because obviously that stuff doesn't lie. You got you got recordings, you have texts, you have all this evidence 
mountains of evidence and it just didn't matter. I wonder and if the name Hammer had anything to do with, uh, you know, the, the amount of, you know, apparently the, the family distanced themselves from him, but he must have gotten a hell of a legal team together because I don't know how he got away with it. Allegedly. I don't know. And there's the family yeah. history of abuse, too. I think it was his aunt who came oh, yeah. out and just said, oh, gosh, yeah. like, she's like, the men in our family are awful. They're atrocious. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, there is one them. hammer uh, that talks against the family, and it is his aunt. You're you're right. And they were close at one point, but it, it the, the, the the issues with the hammer family didn't begin and end with army. It it, it went back to his dad, maybe his grandfather. I again, I think so. I think it goes back two generations. Yeah, yeah. It's it's really a fascinating series. It's a definitely it's a tough series to watch though. It really is. Yeah, it's a trigger warning show. So. Oh my god. Yeah. Well, uh, here's what I don't understand about that whole thing. I don't what is in the man's mind? I mean, if you have sex with a woman and everybody agrees it's a wonderful thing. If she doesn't want to, what's the upside? I don't under you know, I don't power. get the upside. Power. 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 I still don't get the upside. I don't get the upside either. I don't get it. How does That's that make you powerful? You're not going to overpower a woman against her will, but there are plenty of other men who will. Yeah, it excites them somehow. God, how? What's exciting about that? To be accepted and be, hey, you know, some desire for you is a pretty important part of that. I don't know. It? Why do some guys go into bars and have to get in a bar fight? I mean, right, it's true. I don't know. What are you looking at me for when you say that? <laughs> some guys. <laughs> some guys. Some... my buddy again. Oh, the puppy. We've had puppies and kitties all day long. Oh. Allie had her puppy on this morning. Now you got your puppy on. Kristen it's had Tom London. Zoo. I love it. Oh, London's still right behind you. Is that London? Oh, no, I guess no, not. No, she left. This was her pillow, but oh, she left. Oh, that was her pillow, but she left. Yeah, yeah you're okay. Yeah. Typical, abandon you. But no, but Tom, you know what? When you were on vacation, she did not join me one day. When oh, you came back. Really? She loves, like, low voices. Oh, <laughs> London, you're my buddy. London's my yeah. buddy. She loves it. She, our, our vet has a really low voice, and she'll just, like, snuggle with him. Oh. Like, She's got wow. a type. She's a type. <laughs> she does. That's she a man a with type. a low gravity voice. <laughs> All right. We've only got three minutes left, so we got uh, we got seven people on the show. So you each get 30 seconds. Of what? Oh, my goodness. Well, if you have any closing arguments. Oh. Uh, closing well, I'll arguments. use it to do a shameless plug. Uh, Bob Sansevier and I, of course, we got... Tim and Bob's Excellent Movie Adventures, and every week I feature uh, archived interview Francis Ford Coppola this oh, week. Oh, I like it. And he's back in the news because he's making another movie, uh, Megalopolis. It's uh, They were trying to sell it at Venice. I don't know how he did with that. Probably go to Toronto after this. Um, but also, for the first time, Francis is 84. He's getting on social media. So I actually follow really? his Twitter and his Instagram, and it's interesting stuff, you know. He doesn't blather on about politics or anything like that. It's just he shares a lot of his personal history, which is really cool. Huh. But, uh, I've yeah, been bottled his wine. Has anyone ever been to his winery? No. We've never been to it, but I've bought his oh, wine before. Oh, it's fabulous. His it's winery so, or his wine? Of, his Both? winery and oh. his wine. He's got, um, I have a bottle of his wine at my house, but uh, he also has a, a I think it's uh, Zotrope. Yeah, Zotrope. American Zoetrope, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, Spreaker.com, you can go there to download the podcast. There you have it. Plug there, but hey. Up next, Kristen, any closing statements? 
<laughs> I am just going to wish good things for tomorrow with the uh, strike so that maybe yeah. uh, yep. one note yes. <laughs> because I feel like every day I'm like, okay, here's the update and strike. Here's the update and the strike. Here's who's crossing a strike. Here's who's scabbing. <laughs> you guys don't want to hear this. Let's get back to business. Can Let's I make it happen, Hollywood. Quickly, though, Gavin Newsom's getting involved. Oh, no. Somebody's running. He has been involved with both sides God. he's been talking yeah he's he, because he's talking on both sides of his mouth because he wants to run for president because he wants yeah. to run for president please That's love all me is. isn't he yeah. his family they're billionaires aren't they they're, aren't they all very, yeah yeah, yeah they're all billionaires so so you gavin newsom or dean phillips <sighs> wonderful choices uh, the yeah. democrats are putting yeah, another gavin billionaire Newsom's family has a vineyard too so there you go ever if you yeah. have a vineyard you've got a lot of money if That's you have right. a vineyard you shouldn't run for president <laughs> well, Phillips, no. I have Focus on your vineyard. Yeah. Yeah, well, well, well we have you to... know what? Well, so... Francis, Francis Ford Coppola is actually financing his own movie to the tune of a result. Uh, the, the, the numbers are 100 million to 140 million of his own money for. Wow! I wish I had. So he has money. Of... Kevin Costner's doing the same thing, except he mortgages home. What? Did he really? Wow. His 145 million dollar estate up in santa barbara well you know the interesting wow. thing about that is um i talked to him for three pictures but two of them were his self-financed pictures so he was more than available for those ah. didn't, neither one did very well good really? movies but they just didn't do that well and just if anyone's interested in the Kevin Costner saga, Puck News has a great story today of how Kevin Costner spent the entire summer begging to come back on Yellowstone. Oh, and it is turned. likely directly tied to his very costly and contentious divorce from yeah. Christine Baumgartner. Yep. Oh. That makes sense. He needs that money. He doesn't have that money anymore. Uh, He's over leveraged. Yeah, you know, it's really tough when you go from a net wealth of 500 million to 250 i just don't know how they do it how can you get by how do you do it all right that is going to do it we will talk to you tomorrow bye bye, bye. bye.